0: hey everybody this is drew and this is blake and you're listening to the lock stock and two smoker controllers podcast
1: Welcome to episode 89. Before we get to it, I'm going to go ahead and go shoot through our internet presence preamble situation. So you can find us on all of the social medias. We got the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, as well as Discord. As well as, like, like everybody, we have a, uh, a Patreon, and that just helps us you know, keep it in stock and so basically money at uh, Devious, Devious Pixel. We also have our Twitch channel, which is a video game podcast. We, of course, have a Twitch channel. We have been doing uh, our Lock, Stock, and through Smoke Controllers co-op endeavors uh, with our cousin Brian, who also is uh, editing the podcast still. Thank you, Brian. And lately, we've been twitching with our upcoming guest, mm-hmm. uh, which we have, which will be next episode in a couple weeks. And you can tune in. I think the fastest way to get the the update on that is Twitch. It's the one that has the least barriers that block us whenever we try to put something out.
0: Yeah, or if you just follow us on Twitter, I uh, like I I just kind of retweeted his tweets because he tweeted about streaming with us. I just retweeted his thing so that, like it comes across our page, our pages as well. Same thing on Facebook and stuff like that. I just shared his his things. You can see when we're uh, streaming with him.
1: As well as if you're following us on Twitch, I. think... Don't know if we figured out how to host a stream yet, though. Uh, who knows? But yeah. Anyway, uh, right now.
0: Anyway, well, anyway, if you come, if you come to those, give him a follow because he's obviously it's just a ni- it's just a nice thing to do and uh, show up for those. And then we're going to talk about. I don't want to spoil it right now, but th- we're going to talk about the game. game. We're going to talk about the game that we're, we've been playing with him. It's the game he he gave, he gave us. A, we gave him a, like a couple of games. We're like we asked for a list, and he and we picked off his the list of stuff. This that is the for. fastest
1: one we could get a hold of together. And yeah, play. so we've
0: been playing a, a bit of a, a game together, a big co op thing together for a couple couple of streams now, and we're trying to have at least one, maybe two more streams before we have the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Right now, you're hearing uh, some sort of beta music. Uh, if you would like to have, if you're a music maker and you would like to have your music playing under here, uh, feel free to submit that to our email uh, the number two smoke controllers at gmail.com and speaking of music you can also find the podcast on spotify as well as a curated list of all the songs and bands that drew has recommended so you can you know just listen to those or if you missed one you can't remember what it is or you like it a bunch you can all find everything on that list speaking of that we actually got kind of excited uh, with uh, the music that Drew wanted to listen to and I think for the first time we've actually done back to back we bookended two things of music
0: two podcast with a band by accident yeah
1: and so just because we were excited to share uh, Earshot which was the last one so we're going to remedy that by having me do end with a movie this time hit our guest episode, and then after the guest episode, I'm going to hit a TV show, and then we'll be back on track, because that's just some behind-the-scenes things where we just got really excited about something and completely forgot. We have a Lockstock store. Mm -hmm. The Lockstock store has... You know, basic things: hoodies, t-shirts, beanies. I think maybe koozies and underwear. Mm -hmm. Glorious pair of underwear. Matter of fact, we're looking for someone to model those so we can have have that out there in the world. (laughs) That might just be for personal use. You won't find out till later.
0: Brian got a sweater. It says it's really pretty comfortable. So that's nice to know. We we have a couple of shirts lying around the house, and they're They're pretty nice. They're not bad. They're good quality. Yeah, actually. I'm wearing one of them right now. They so just it smell
1: weird. real bad that first time out of that plastic we're having. Yeah, something it's about like some, Play-Doh or worse. Something about
0: whatever the, wherever they're made has a weird production smell. Who knows what that is. We always use wash. Just, just wash them. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was nice to hear that the uh, the sweater is nice and high quality. Is it a sweater or a hoodie? Is there a difference? I don't know. Whichever one he bought. I think he got a hoodie. Regardless, he said it was nice and comfortable and good quality.
1: Anyways, besides that, a little bit of self-promotion on my part. Uh, we have a brother podcast, Action the movie podcast where i co-host with our friend steve and we take turns trying to surprise one another with movies <laughs> and then we don't talk about it until the podcast so our opinions does don't influence the other i also have a short story that i've self-published through amazon called they come this night it is free for those who have kindle unlimited and if you don't it is just a dollar uh, feel free to rate like and you know, leave me reviews for that it helps keep me relevant, and I like that.
0: <laughs> so promotion sucks. yeah, it's so hard.
1: It's yeah, it's so conceited, almost awkward. Uh, yeah. With um, if you can't remember any of this stuff, uh, all links to everything are in the notes, the show notes. And with that, I'm going to jump into our first game. We're doing two games and a movie. The first game we'll be talking about is called Little Nightmares Two. It originally came out February twenty first, twenty twenty one, and then it wasn't until a little later, November no, August twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, where they released an enhanced version for next gen, which would have been Xbox One and uh, PlayStation Five. Xbox Series X. Ser- yeah, shoot, yeah, Series X. This was a little older. So, Siri- oh, so
0: this is an enhanced version we played. We right? played the
1: enhanced version.
0: Okay. There's no indicator in the game that you're playing an enhanced version.
1: I think it says enhanced. Well, maybe it says enhanced. Maybe maybe we didn't get the enhanced. No, I think we definitely got the enhanced version. Yeah, Xbox automatically updates mm-hmm. because uh, the enhanced version, which uh, I'll talk about that briefly, the enhanced version was developed by Supermassive Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually spoken about Supermassive on the podcast. so I won't dive into them too much. It's starting to happen more and more often. But Supermassive, uh, they're from England. Over 350 people work for them. God, they've they have been around since 2008, and we referenced them in episode 28 with "Man of Medan."
0: It's been that long since we played "Man of Medan." Mm-hmm.
1: And then the other ones have come 28? to game. The episode 28. I looked into it. We've
0: been waiting forever because "Man of Medan" was on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And we've been waiting since episode 28 for any of their other games to come to
1: Game Pass. Of the uh, the the Dark Pictures, Pictures anthology. anthology. Yeah. So so
0: since then, like. Five of those have come out, and no more have come to Game Pass.
1: Not even that episode is... Episode 28? Episode 28. Mm-hmm. Man of Medan was episode 28. It's
0: like 12 years ago.
1: Just about. A little, a little, a little more. And uh, but, but speaking of that, the games that they've made, uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Medan is one of them, and then they've made many others. On top of that, they've actually put out an entirely separate game in between those, and that was uh, The Quarry. Or it might just be Quarry. I don't know if there's an article. I think it's the Quarry thing. And the the big one that people uh, I'm avo- avoid not avoiding talking about is just the one that everyone really knows that kind of got them started was uh, Until Dawn, and then Until Dawn Rush of Blood, which was the rail shooter VR experience. I'm gonna say experience, but VR game. Yeah. So they're they've been around, they're active, and they're uh, into yeah. scary stuff and atmosphere. So. Yeah, we I don't
0: wanna I don't wanna buy the other ones. I w I don't know if we can game fly those if they have discs you can game fly and do that. You know that thing that um uh, like SharePlay like, SharePlay thing I, I don't know if this has SharePlay that's like, a lot of EA it things was on, it was on when we played Man of Medan it was on Game Pass so we both just downloaded it mm-hmm. I think that's the only way we both get achievements I bet mean, if, I mean, if we share play, if we like rent it and do SharePlay I bet mean, one of us doesn't get achievements you don't achieve get
1: it ends. yeah well Halloween's coming up soon maybe there'll be a sale or something we can buy them for five bucks or less I
0: don't want to buy them we, we talked about this in the the, yeah. pod, the podcast like I don't like their games necessarily like I'm the only person I think that I know that didn't like Until Dawn uh, well you and liked
1: it until you spoiler alert until you realize the ending how that there are characters in that story which d- makes sense for the story for the most part but there are characters in that story that are literally infinite. immortal immortal until a certain and, part until a big I'm sorry to go on to the tangent but a big game that was incredibly heavily story based with the used real actors and stuff was that game, a heavy rain back in the day. And there's a character you played and you ended up getting that character killed. And then the game damn near ended almost immediately because he had such a big impact, but he Your stories, your events, your choices led him to being killed. And so, he died. They yeah. stopped his story and let the other ones play out. Yeah,
0: he, got thrown, he got thrown in a trash compactor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they could have did that here, but it had a lot to do with, I think, maybe the creator, the main writer with that was a, a really awesome actor who we've spoken about a bunch, uh, Larry Fezzenden. And it was meant to be a movie. You can't just end a movie like that. While Heavy Rain was designed specifically for as a video game, this was designed as a viewing movie-like experience. So I can kind of I see guess. why
0: it, it, it takes so much from a game it's like uh it's like the, the the like a lot of the walking dead stuff and stuff any any choice based like I, we're, i'm i'm hoping we're we'll get to a point in gaming where we get past the choices in video games it's like people can't write as strong stories people think the walking dead stories are like really really good The video games but when you play them that probably we, we have the the view of playing two, two, two people playing the game trying to make different choices and then you re, and that's how you realize or if you replay them, you realize your choices actually don't mean anything so why bother like none, none of your choices mean anything in Walking Dead. Like somebody will die and another person lives, but that person, those two characters aren't impactful enough to really change the story. So you're making arbitrary choices for just to have to have this sense that you have some sort of control. And it's the we call, we always called it when these games deal we have probably said in the podcast before, but it's the illusion of illusion of choice. And I think it makes for uh weaker writing and video games and until Don suffers from that because doesn't a lot of it doesn't matter. A lot of that stuff doesn't matter because that game's going on a specific Sort of somewhat specific path, and they could have the time they spent writing out different different paths could have been spent making the the main path stronger.
1: I don't know if Man of Bedan was kind of like that or not, but Man of Bedan was fine. It was pretty had pretty cool moments because we were playing it too. Yeah, but co-op, yeah. the, one of the things that happened in Man of Bedan is you don't even get to experience the full game if you do it co-op. Just so weird. Because there's a whole extra thing that I didn't even know was a thing until like later when I saw like a video. Well, there's a
0: character that disappears in co-op and you don't ever see him again until the very end of the game. But you
1: get to play his story if you go through it solo. Yeah. So I thought weird. that was incredibly strange. Anyway. anyway.
0: That's a lot of stuff on Supermassive.
1: And Supermassive was the people who Which had developed. Which
0: is weird. So do we know...
1: They developed the enhanced version.
0: Well, I mean, the game was already developed, so they just... I wonder why... Because, well, I don't know if you've looked into it, but there's, there's, they've pseudo-announced pseudo Little Nightmares 3, but not using the original developer. So I don't know if that has something weird to do with, like, why didn't the original developer enhance Little Nightmares 2? Mm-hmm. Very like some, I think there's some weird backdoor dealings going on here, or
1: something bad's happened with. Or the it could have been the people were like, "We want to do something else," but they're like, "Little Nightmares is great. We want more." It could have been something well, yeah, like that. It sold so well that who knows? Because it, 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 they were acquired recently. Who was the tar? Uh, the the original studio studio Tarsier. They were acquired by Amplifier Games Investments in 2019. I have no idea who that is. Neither do I. They don't have a clickable link. So So
0: somebody acquired a company and they don't have a clickable link. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Fishy. Anyway, that's super massive. Because I guess you need to talk about uh, I'm the talk- actual company who developed the game. I'm
1: going to talk about the original company now. I'm sorry for that long tangent about did, Until Dawn that you guys we, already heard on episode 28.
0: Did, we ever, did you ever find out if we did Little Nightmares 1 on the podcast? I didn't
1: see it in, our, our, in their Google, our, doc. Our Google Doc. I didn't see it.
0: So Little Nightmares 1 might have been pre-podcast, maybe? Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting.
1: Anyway, so like I said, well Little Nightmares 2 is developed originally by Tar I think it's Tarsier Tarsier Studios and they're based out of well as of right now they're based out of Malmo, Sweden. They've been around since 2004 and they have 77 people uh under them in in their employee. and they have made 9 games but uh, it's like nine games with an asterisk because some of their earlier stuff like the earliest things they did were little big planet and little big planet 2 but they just did the dlcs and only like dlc content and stuff like that for those so it counts them as a game but like i said with a big old asterisk yeah Uh, as well as they actually fully developed little big planet for the vita they did the entire version of the Vita, which with that being their step starting point, you can kind of see with the little nightmares with the 2.5 D platforming and stuff that it all kind of, a little
0: bit. I mean, a little, I don't know a little bit. I don't remember. I, mean, a long time I, played. I don't think little big planets are 2.5. Really? Like you're stuck on a 2d plane.
1: You might be. Yeah. But you can see how this, you know, this one's like the other one, so on and so forth. And then they says right here that it says that they developed little big planet three.
0: Oh Yeah. Because Media Molecule had moved on to uh, maybe doing Dreams.
1: Well, see, I'm not entirely sure. This says this says that, but then when you click on it, it says that it was developed by Sumo Digital. So... Maybe they also just assisted... Maybe just assisted in... Like, DLC or something and then like I said a lot of, a lot of Little Big Planet from 08 until 2014 that's with all so Little Big on. Planet stuff and then in 2015 was their first I guess new IP and it wasn't even theirs is they did a, a port and remodel it's that game called Tearaway
0: so that's, that's another Media Molecule game mm-hmm.
1: and so they did the Tearaway Unfolded which is the enhanced PlayStation vert. 4 port yeah. yeah
0: which that's the one we played which I played for about an hour, hour and a half. And I was like, yeah, I've had
1: enough of this. And then a little bit after that, finally, in 2017 is when they put out Little Nightmares. And Little Nightmares, my understanding, was a large success for what it was.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember liking it.
1: It got it was rave reviews and people loved it, and so many ports. And it went on. And shoot, I think just recently, uh, I guess because how mobile and stuff work is, they're actually going to port it onto Android and iOS uh, come Christmas time. What a nightmare that's going to be! Yeah, on your phone, I can't imagine. Yeah,
0: we'll talk about because it kind of relates back to the first game. This game requires a certain amount of precision that will be impossible on touchscreens the first game had that too
1: yeah now one kind of cool thing that i'm i'm kind of i don't know how to explain it because i can't find much more about it other than the fact that in 2017 dj2 entertainment announced that they were going to be making a television adaptation of little nightmares and that it would include anthony and joe russo writing the pilot episode and it would be directed by henry selick which is the gentleman who directed Coraline. Like that sounds great, but I can't find any more information about it other than in twenty seventeen they well, announced
0: it. stuck in the so crazy in some sense with the, something with the Russos can get stuck in development hell. I guess it could happen to anybody.
1: Well, I mean, that could have been them doing all the Avengers crap. Yeah, but anyway, so Little Nightmares was incredibly successful and it got a lot of attention.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say incredibly successful. This successful enough to warrant a sequel.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, I, randomly, they have a game that's a Switch exclusive called The Stretchers. Is
0: that in between these games? Yeah,
1: and it's just an action puzzle game only for the, uh, the Switch. Ragdoll physics-based puzzles. I don't know. It's, it seems kind of strange. And then we land on Little Nightmares 2, which is the last thing they have out in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's Tarsier. Anyway, uh, so we'll kind of get into... People who've played Little Nightmares One kind of already know the vibe that Little Nightmares Two is going to be giving off. Yeah, it's these dark, hyperbolic. I'm not even sure if they're hyperbolic. I think these people might actually look like this, but the grotesque, grotesque in environments, dirty environments, like with grotesque uh, beings trying to murder you a yeah.
0: lot. You spend almost, the, I think, almost the entirety of the first game on a, on a ship. The Maw the mall ship and through that you run through these different environments we said 2.5D environments with a I don't remember if the first game looked as good but this second game this enhanced like these are one of the better looking games I've seen recently, probably because we don't you don't get a lot of like I don't know people do like a lot of games especially smaller games like we always say play like this like people would make like pixel games it's surprising for like a smaller I guess they aren't smaller they got ninety employees but this a game like this just like a smaller title to have like really high quality graphics like really crazy lighting I don't know if the uh, first I remember the first game looking cool but I don't know if it looked as good as the second game the time gap there in a, in a console generation mm-hmm. might have made a big difference but I remember the first one looking pretty good at the time and then like being genuinely creepy because the they, maybe the environments aren't so creepy there's like it's a, it's a dark shit but like what you get is the the entities or whatever you want to call them you deal with Because it is each part of the game you had a different this game kind of repeats that each section has a particular monster i guess or a human and,
1: and i'll go into them
0: yeah and this one we'll we're not gonna go over, over to the last game but uh but each area you got to kind of deal with these things whether you you're usually running away from them, or trying to escape them, or moving through a room that they're in. So, Little Nightmares Two really does kind of the same thing, but you're not on the mall anymore. You got a lot of different, uh, a lot of actually, a lot of variety on different environments and stuff like that, and the different ways they move, and the different ways you got to maneuver through a level to get away from them, or you know, not get caught by their nastiness.
1: Mm-hmm. First, is one of those things where it's their story. But it's all non-verbal and it's environmental storytelling. And the only way to know... Like, they've named the, at least the, the two main characters. But you don't know them unless you read them. Yeah,
0: they never say them.
1: It. Because there's, there's no actual verbal dialogue. There's no,
0: there's no words anywhere. Mm-mm.
1: So, uh, Little there's Nightmares... No, I'm
0: sorry, there's no no verbal or written word anywhere in the game.
1: Not really, no.
0: Yeah, so you, gotta, I don't know where they even...
1: How you're supposed? I mean, other how, than
0: how are they? Like besides aside from like reading the description of the game, where do you get these names from?
1: The the, the developers named them. Yeah. That's it. So, lunar Nightmares Two is actually a prequel, mm-hmm. and
0: we, we didn't know that until we we're,
1: were playing it. And we play as a young boy named uh, Mono. And through the course of the game, very early on in the first chapter, you free. The heroine from the first one, uh, Six, and she is your almost constant companion. Y'all get separated for a few moments, but that's usually because of puzzles and stuff. And like, oh, she boosts you up into something Mm -hmm. and she has no one to boost her up. So she waits for you to come grab her.
0: I just put together that she wears a yellow raincoat like Coraline. Yeah. That's got it. Is Coraline's raincoat yellow? Mm Mm-hmm. That's well, got to, what that's got to,
1: other color are raincoats normally? They,
0: they can be any color. A girl's raincoat could be pink. boy's can be blue. I'm just that's saying. the same A boy the,
1: can wear a pink raincoat.
0: Whatever, man. I'm just saying that I, I'm now that we've... It's weird that you mentioned that that director would be making the show, if if at all possible, that it'd be... That her yellow raincoat and the tone of this could mean that... Well, the tone's just scary in general, but the yellow raincoat could be a Coraline reference.
1: I mean, yeah, the whole thing, yeah, because you got to think. Little uh, Coraline came out in like 2008, I think. Yeah. Or nine and it has well, the, a, the,
0: book, the book the book would have existed before then
1: yeah but I'm t- you know the movie yeah anyway and but it could have had, it's got the similar vibe the creepy dark crawling and certainly sur- well, actually it could just be a, they could just love Coraline want, that's actually a lot I didn't even think about that but I don't mention Coraline they could make a junior they, they would be a perfect developer to make a Coraline game a Coraline game in the
0: exact style of this game mm-hmm would not be half bad.
1: Like a Coraline sequel or something. we just a
0: Coraline game. Yeah. where You wander around the house and you go into the little door. I mean, come on, We're getting on the tangent. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> they could. They
1: could make a Coraline game. This company could. And I'd. I'd be excited to play it. One thing, because you're given six as a. Like I said, a, it's a companion, constant companion. AI companion. They had originally thought to have the game become be co-op.
0: I thought I had that thought while playing I was like why is this not just co-op I think because there's just like not enough to do for the other player maybe
1: yes and no the, the the main thing they figured out while testing it and putting it through testing was in the chase scenes mm-hmm. because what? if both of you couldn't make it to the end it was game over and it would it would cause tension between the people playing and they didn't they didn't want to like it was like it was too hard. To try to, they're like, so then we have to make the person slower and stuff like that. And also your companion is completely invisible to everything. Mm -hmm. Like, because you get in certain situations where you have to hide under your desk or do this. And you're running and you slide under the desk and your companion is still running. But the monster, the being creature, turns and looks around and... They're completely null. They don't. Mm-hmm. And I think if it was the other people, they, that would have required more development time or this and
0: yeah. Also the horror. No, I I would like more co-op horror. But uh, having having a companion in a horror game kind of takes away some from of the, the fear horror. as well. Even like so even though having her having an AI companion is not the same as if I had another human there that I knew I could rely on. It would make certain horror,
1: things a little easier. A little easier,
0: a little less, a little less tense. So.
1: Yeah, because what what co op horror games have we have are there?
0: We played Resident Evil Five and Six together. We played. I mean, Man of Medan. Man of Medan. Man of Medan had some good tricks in it though. Yeah, but
1: uh, <laughs> I yeah, you never. We we'll never forget. I mean, the game wasn't well, great, but I'll never forget that moment. Is that that
0: ghost that jumped out and scared you in the same book that I like like a book oh, yeah. that I looked at, and you looked at the book, and the the game just had to just scare you instead? Yeah, it's nonsense.
1: <laughs> and I'm I'm a jumpy, scary baby. Anyway. Uh, but then the Resident Evil's have moments, but they're more action based. Same thing with uh, Dead Space 3, which we played, and I. Very much enjoyed Dead Space 3, but again, it was more... It wasn't scary anymore. But it did do that cool thing, like Man of Medan, where your character Carter... Because they're both crazy, but you're both seeing different things. Different hallucinations. And you don't... And you're like, Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Uh, dude, I'm seeing a wall. I'm seeing a wall of child's blocks. <laughs> you know, So that was some cool stuff. And they could do stuff more like that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm open to more... Horror we played
0: games. uh, we're like crazy, but uh, we did a uh, uh, state of decay, which is a lot more a lot more fun with two people. Oh God, yes.
1: So yeah, so
0: Club horror can work, but it becomes less horror.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about those. We get we, 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 we gotta get into this game. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, it is a puzzle platforming survival horror. Yeah, in two, the two point five D. 2.5 D. If you don't know what two point five D is, you kinda
0: move on a two D plane, but two point five means you can walk uh forwards and backwards in a in a in a three D kind of way, but you're still kind of locked. It's kinda hard to it's easy to it's easy to comprehend when you're seeing it. The first one get the first game did it, but I feel like we uh, we, we talked about before the podcast, that like this one does it to, a, to an even bigger degree. Yes. And it actually looks a lot cooler in this game, the way you kind of move into the...
1: Which may have had something to do with the enhanced versions and all that, and then it being on the next gen, because some of your things are you come in, but... You, you go, so you're in a hallway or a corridor. You can only go up and down in this corridor, and it's not until when you hit, if you have to turn, then the whole can't game kind of like f- turns as like a, what do you call that, panoramic view or diorama view. It keeps you on that plane. And this one, there were several times where like you would, could actually walk up the hallway, push the door, and the camera would follow you into the door like it was yeah. almost the full 3D.
0: Those like, yeah, chase where you run through a door and run—it's run, kind of cool how it does. It, is you run through a door and you run towards the screen, and whatever's chasing you comes bursting through the door and chases you down the hallway. It looks, it looks. It, it lots was, of things
1: look really cool. I guess because I, I guess it's, it, it's still two point five D, but that's it's it's really it's close. More, to it's more than the first game. A lot good. more. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of positive things to say with graphics and yeah. ambiance. We'll do all the
0: positive stuff. I, I, I mean, I don't have a lot to. I have one negative thing to say about the game and I'll save it before, right right at the end yeah. before we jump jump off this game so we'll say all the all the like all the cool stuff and like that and and the like the I mean a lot of it is in in the way in the way the game looks yeah it's yeah
1: and of course with um headphones absolute must with headphones because you can hear these these beings these entities breathing lots of great audio
0: because because you get lots of audio now what we'll what about audio that? cues lots yeah. of audio cues um specifically with the teacher, which we'll get to that. Mm.
1: We should... I'm, I'm going to break down all the chapters th- well, yeah, kind of quickly. We're,
0: yeah. yeah, we're kind of... Yeah.
1: So the game is broken into five chapters. Mm-hmm. And unlike in the first game where the majority of it was on the mall, where you just went to like different... All of it was. Yeah, all of it was on just different parts of the mall. Mm-hmm. which was This one it takes the exact opposite effect where it you go through a couple of different areas. You start out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And then from the wilderness, you go into a school. From the school... You make your way into a hospital. From the hospital, you make it into the actual, like, like a series of apartments. So, so, so the
0: school and the hospital are, quote, unquote, in the city. Mm-hmm. But the fourth level, you do get more of a, like you said, kind of like a more of a cityscape kind of level.
1: But mostly like rooftops and apartments almost. Yeah, yeah. And then the final area, which is called the signal tower.
0: Yeah, which is probably the, lame, the lamest one.
1: Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. And much like the first one, each of these five areas have a distinct ruler. I don't know. Ruler, not a ruler. It's just, it's a just, or just a creature. Just the being that oversees the area yeah. that you're in.
0: Um, real quick. This, the story's kind of, mm, eh, I don't, who knows? Like it's no, environmental, but, a lot of the experience in this game is dealing with these people, so I want to, a little bit of a spoiler warning yeah. before we get into this particular section because I want to talk about each one just a little bit. So we're gonna spoil like or maybe favorite sec, favorite parts of what each one of them do. And if we say it and you haven't played it, it's gonna take away from that that kind of experience of seeing something because they kind of make a point of like extra creepy things when you see it happen for the first time. You, you kind of get kind of get the willies when something because they're really good at making things yucky in this game.
1: Oh yeah yeah I'll start the the very first area we go to the wilderness probably I, I say the lamest it's the weak it's, it's for me he was the weakest which yeah. kind
0: he of, was the hunter yeah just a guy with a gun who's like but he, he, he makes you he's not scary per se because he's just a guy shooting at you but uh, I do like the um,
1: well the implications words are tough yeah the implications of what he's doing is more grotesque than what he is cuz you go through some of his like meat lockers and there are packaged meat uh, that look like bodies and yeah. there's animals and stuff there and there's pelts but then there are human body parts and stuff yeah. like that so like the, the, the again the environmental part is more creepy than he actually was because he was like you said he's just a kind of a heavy set hunter kind of mixed between actually I was going to say Leatherface because of the, the cannibalism but more than anything it's more like Jason from Jason 3 I think it's the third one maybe the second one where he has he's, he's got the bag on the head with a single eye cut out yeah and that's kind of what he has, in that in a plaid yeah. shirt. Him, him, uh,
0: definitely different than the other ones too, because like, mo- like he's shooting at you. So he's actually, you don't get up, up close with him.
1: It's really. all being shot.
0: Yeah, the other ones you're you get up more up close to. So you, but most of his st- sections are the early parts of the game are just running from him. Run, he- well, running, but you're running from like you gotta like he shoots uh, at like, at towards you. And you're hiding behind something, and while he reloads, you got to sprint to the next thing to hide behind. Yeah. Sprint to the next thing to hide behind. So
1: that's uh, pretty. It can be, be tense but the building up to because he, he's not so not the entire time you build up to him you actually go through some of his traps mm-hmm. you toss like there's like some snares and bear traps and stuff like that that you have to you mean they'll get you the game has much like inside which we spoke about where it has no problem murdering a child in a yeah. very violent way
0: lots of ways so you yeah you die a lot
1: and so like that stuff's pretty cool
0: yeah but he's like the only one so I'll I just give a spoiler warning when you get to this his whole uh well before you get there I do I do like the part where you like uh like you fall through the window and you land in the mud and you have to like duck under the like you're in the mud and you have to crawl through the mud and then you get to go under duck under the mud when he's looking at you and you kind yeah, of get bubbles popping up hmm. if you know if you wait too long you're kind of you gonna got start d- to drown he
1: drowns yeah. yeah mono will drown
0: But it was this just kind of funny listening that's more audio because you got to stay under the thing and you hear Mono go mm-hmm. But you gotta <laughs> gotta gotta gotta, you gotta let go. But if he sees you, he'll he'll, he'll just
1: blast you. So that seems pretty cool. I, I like the little mud section. I almost feel like it could have been more intense if they had had like an animal or a dog. But I don't think this particular, I don't think that individual would have owned a dog. Probably not. And also maybe there's a whole implication because like a lot of these, you spoiler warning, like we said earlier, but even with little nightmares, one, the majority of these events end in the, the demise of the being.
0: I don't was that necessarily the case in the first game?
1: A, a, a good chunk of them, I think.
0: I don't know if you just escaped.
1: I, Maybe you just escaped
0: their area. Yeah, it's been a long time since we played it. But like, and we'll, like we'll say, that, spoiler for this one, you don't have a choice in this one. You're given a choice in one of the later ones. You actually get an achie- achievement for a choice. But it, but anyway, you're running through all this whole section getting away from him. And we, we get to the, the last part where you climb up into this little shed. And there's a... Uh, do you already have
1: six here? You, you rescue six. He's going to kill her. You, res- you get into oh, the house, go into the she's attic. She's
0: in the house in the attic, okay. This is before you even see him. This is after you've already ran from him, I guess.
1: Mm-mm. You rescue him, and then as you're leaving, you trigger the event which starts your chasing outside. Okay, His out. house is the halfway point to the level.
0: So anyway, you get to a shed. There's a gun on the wall, and you like knock it down. And like she runs. Y'all, y'all, y'all are little, too, because little, little nightmares. So the gun's really big. And she goes and like lifts up the front of the gun, and the game makes you pull the trigger. And, like blow this guy's head off you don't see outside the door and he's like kind of coming through and being scary but you blow you you know blow his head off
1: because well, also because you're so small the gun's so powerful you blast him and you guys fly backwards out of the shed yeah so it's one of those things where it mitigates the you seeing the violence but you vi, major violence was done. And then for, like you know, the wilderness, you kind of make your way into the city. And at first I thought it was an orphanage, but it ends up being a school. But, mm-hmm. And this is, during the school, is also kind of where it lost me a little bit. Because they kind of used it a bunch. Where Mono, they they put minor combat into the game with yeah. Mono. I guess they wanted to be slightly different. And that... that I think that hurts the game more than it helps mm-hmm. cuz some of the parts aren't even scary they're just annoying cuz you have to fend your you know defend yourself fend off these other little minions and it's just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah that felt
0: Yeah the school has these little porcelain children mm-hmm. that are being tormented by the teacher who's here as well so you think they'd be on your side but they just go nuts and try to attack you anytime you're near them as well. There's lots of different sections cuz the game's kind of divided in like They'll call them set pieces. Like, this room has these two kids, you got to get by. Then you go into a hallway that's got these kids, you got to get by. Then this room has the teacher in it. And then it just. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some of the cool things that you encounter in there besides the teacher, like you said, you have the combat, but much like in the wilderness, there if you're not, you can, once you see them, you can make them out. But there are like triggers, floor steps, like these loose floorboards that when you trigger, there's like a, a device that kills you. But you can, with your weapon of choice, which tends to usually be a pipe or a hammer, you can swing it and hit the thing and have it hit one of the kids. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't much care for the combat. The combat almost made me quit at a later part, just because I was stupid. Uh, but like the kids are creepy. They're like ha- they're like I said, they're porcelain. Some of them are half broken, missing body parts, yeah. and they're overall generally creepy.
0: I guess, but I don't know, you see so much of them. It's kind of like we're.
1: When you overuse the monster, it's not scary anymore. Yeah, there's so many. The school is just full of little porcelain kids, and you mm-hmm.
0: smash so many of them. You nah. smash like twenty of them, probably. Yeah. Uh, but
1: the creepy part. You, know you you? can talk about, because this, I think this was probably the favorite between you and me. I think probably the, the creepiest thing in the, in the game was the teacher. Uh, she has
0: lots of great. Uh, I don't know when the she does that one thing but like she, she has some great audio cues do you sneak to that one where in that classroom first mm-hmm. you have to sneak where she, you're sneaking through the classroom it does a great thing where she's like uh,
1: writing on the chalkboard
0: writing on the chalkboard and the all the audio though that's really good but the, the the good cue that will that scares you is there now she's riding and she'll turn around if, if you're trying to just kind of get across the room and she'll take a ruler she'll slap the desk and you're supposed to like it' it's, it's supposed to scare what well, it's it's a device to scare you but it's a good audio thing it does make you jump And she does do it seemingly I don't know if it's randomly some of her some of the movement of, I think of she's the caught you know
1: in, in the loop because the ruler was good but I also like the the chalkboard because she's writing and then she slams the chalk against the thing and that's when she would turn around and look at everybody and then she would pick up the ruler and point it and then she would like slam it down to make people or she would use it and like threaten people with it like
0: a you gotta sneak behind the the students sneak sneak past her and behind the students to get past her to get from one side of the room to go get a key I guess to come back around again and mm -hmm. you gotta sneak past her Again, and she doesn't do the creepy thing in this room. This room, no. she just—if she sees you, she just runs up to you. And
1: well, she even she
0: she snaps her fingers and the kids grab you. But if she's she close enough; she just grabs you. She just eats you. Apparently, I forget when's the first point she does the her extra little thing she does.
1: I think it's when you're crawling through. I think like the vents, and you drop something, and you see a silhouette of her doing something, and then that she looks up, and then that does that, and then from that point on, it does it a couple more times.
0: She doesn't do it in the vent till the end.
1: No, but like remember, you pop out the vent, and you're walking around the rafters, and you knock the thing off, and all you see is her silhouette on the wall down there. And then once that bottle falls, she looks up, and then all you see is the shadow first of it stretching. Yeah and then she looks and I think yeah. that's the first part you see it and then she doesn't actually go into the vent until the end
0: yeah she has a really gross like stretchy snake neck and it's it's uh, it's incredibly gross but
1: it looks cool every time it happens it's really
0: cool yeah she'll do it when, when she hears you so the rest of the school is trying to get away well there's i, I think they mix it with her and the more porcelain kid mm-hmm. nonsense but every time you're dealing with her if she, if she hears you she comes flying out her little head comes flying out of places with her little neck stretched all the way across the screen and eat you i don't think eat you in this game well they, the they, they shoot you i guess
1: they did it in the first one too everything was just trying to eat you everyone likes to eat small children i don't know why
0: I think eating was a theme in the first one, actually.
1: It was called. You want a thing called the mall. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's a little thing. Her little thing. Uh, and you get to her final. Any, any little, any little set pieces.
1: When we, we have to like climb up those book towers, and yeah. she's like looking through the book towers, and like that's, the neck
0: stretching around. You yeah. have to climb around the book towers, and like, away from where she's stretching. It looks really, it's really cool. cool. And then uh the final part is when she's. I don't have you. Well, it was one of the kids that I hated, which was really annoying. When it's like tied to the oh, wall. Oh, the chained one. There's a chain kid, which I could have just, like... The first we, one... You have to you... Like, get a... It, there's, like, a weapon laying near him, but, like, he runs at you, and, he, and if you're out of his range, he, the chain yanks him back. And when he's on the ground, if you're supposed to, like, run to, the, run to the weapon and pick it up, you can smash him, but you also, if you leave him alive, you get an achievement, which me and Blake want the achievements. It took me so many tries. I don't think... I, I think I, got, I called, I I called you, room I was like, man, can you get this freaking hammer and get away from this freaking kid? I've done did it, like, 15 times. He doesn't fall down long enough. Yeah. So I guess you're supposed to pick up the hammer, walk a little bit, drop it, and make him fall again and m- multiple times. Like, and he's faster. Than, like everything's faster than you are. So it was, it was, that part was so annoying, which we'll get into at the end of this. That part really sucked. And then there's so many scenes. there was like one of the like where the 2.5D kind of messed me up. On like, there's one like where you're running down a hallway and a kid pops out of a locker and you're at the bottom of the hallway and the kid runs towards you. I couldn't get my depth perception enough to like swing up and hit him. I had to like run around the corner and get the kid to run around sideways until so you could. So, yeah. That's just that's that's just me, a death perception issue. if I couldn't time the thing. And a lot of times they run at you and instead of running, but they'll stop and that's then like lunge and then yeah. lunge. And that's like just enough time for you to like swing. It's like designed to be annoying. I feel like sometimes yeah. it's just like, to me, it was obnoxious. But the final part of course is the, is the creepiest thing when you're crawling through it. Because you, you're going, you're in, in and out of events. A lot of this, a lot of the game, actually a lot of the game you're in and out of events. Cause it's just a way for, to, it's an easy way to transition from one part to the next. But the final chase is her or her head like shoving into a vent and going in the neck, and it's just like coming all the way through. It's a pretty cool little final set. The whole piece time of,
1: she's chomping after you. Chomping
0: after you, So you don't actually you do you don't get a chance to like kill her or anything she like that. Escape it. Just escape and get back to the cityscape again.
1: And then you go through the
0: cityscape, just transitions to the next part.
1: And you kind of run around the, the the ground of the city for a little bit, and you make it to the next area. Which is our the hospital, which for me was the most difficult, also the longest, and has the most. Like it it's almost like they had too many thoughts for the hospital. Because, hospital, there's all sorts of scary and creepy things that can happen in, the, in a hospital. Mm-hmm. But this hospital, I don't know if the guy was a, a doctor or a surgeon or a mortician. I'm not, he was everywhere. That was the issue. Yeah. And no matter what floor he, you
0: he want. So, he was surprisingly easy to deal with a doctor. And yeah, he and t- himself, it was all it the like other the, stuff. It like the in final there.
1: chase scene, but yeah. It was everything else because it has really, really cool ideas and I guess they just couldn't let it, let the idea go.
0: Yeah. Over, over overstays it's welcome.
1: Because you're in the hospital and then it's, I think it's like three floors. You have the, the main lobby floor and then you have the upstairs, which is where like all the patients were, which they do a lot of, um, some Alan Wake stuff. You have the flashlight and you put it on him and it freezes these mannequins i guess
0: yeah they're pretty they're pretty creepy they'd be they're more annoying than creepy like, it's creepy the first time you see it because the mannequins can move in the shadows mm-hmm. and then they freeze uh when you shine light on them it's pretty cool the, the light the light mechanic is pretty good controlling it's kind of tough at first until like the game kind of when you first get it it doesn't seem to work right but then like when you're in the other rooms it kind of works better well because in on like one that, it's like that first hallway where you get it it's like the camera's weird and like the control of the flashlights on your right stick so it's kind of strange because usually you have have a a slight a lot of camera parts are predetermined but you have have a little bit of camera movement to the left and right with the right stick but then now there's a flashlight attached to it so it's kind of awkward that first hallway but I found what you got out of that hallway into the other it it switched all
1: the light there was no moving the camera it was only moving the light I think that may have just been like a bad Uh, it's just a weird word like a weird code
0: because once you get to the more open rooms, there's a bunch of beds and there's more mannequins, and you kind of like you, and you, and you the 2.5 comes in where you can kind of really move in and out, you know, around the room, around the mannequins and shine your light on them to keep them from freezing and cool because they come at you and you freeze them. And as you walk around them, you got to like turn your stick and keep them in the light, and then you back and you got to back out of the room while keeping them frozen with your light. It actually works out okay. I was we were following a guide, and when it started talking about what was about that, like when I, I kind of read the guide a, a few sentences ahead. And it was telling me what I was about to do, I was like, There's a good chance this sucks.
1: Yeah, and it it, it and, took me a, a little bit. It was yeah. annoying. I got through
0: it. Actually, I'm not, I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying I actually managed it managed because of maybe design. I found this to be one of the least difficult parts of the game because I thought, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know, I thought this was going to be a lot harder than it was. Like, I only got grabbed by a mannequin like once or twice. And I, I, was I was expecting to. I a bunch. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, I think you had mentioned something about something grabbing yeah. you. You didn't spoil what was happening, but you said there's a hard part coming in the hospital. I was like, great. And then I read the mannequins and I was like, oh, God, this is going to suck. But I surprisingly, like, I kind of got through. Like, one of the, there's two big, big rooms with mannequins. I got through one of them with no trouble. They get one, I, the one I got through with no trouble was the one you have to like shine the light and then turn and jump to the freaking thing. I was like, I, I was sitting there like looking at this like I have to turn. And some of this stuff doesn't sound complicated. We're, we're going to get into what we don't like about the game here in a, in a little bit. But like to turn away and try to make a jump and grab into a vent or actually over a doorway. It's over a broken door. When that things run at you, I thought that was going to be a lot, but I actually managed to get it all in one little one little swoop. It's harder than it kind of sounds like a, a turn and a, a turn and a jump and a grab is harder than it sounds in this game um but I managed to get through all of that. And then I think I got grabbed in the second larger room.
1: The first, uh, I didn't struggle at all on the first one. You said you, you died in there a whole bunch on that, just that first one. Well,
0: yeah. Oh well, yeah. So the very, the uh, the very first, very first mannequin, because I couldn't, the room was off. I said, we're, when they we're, going, the we're going backwards. Yeah. And you introduced the mechanic. I couldn't get around that one mannequin. Cause he's like in the doorway and you have to like, the lights go out and you have your flashlight. And when the lights go out, it moves for the first time and it's creepy. It like takes a step, takes and then rushes at you. Cause they move Fast in the darkness, but if you don't have your light up in the awkward, the awkward situation, is kind of keep the light on him as you move through the room. He grabbed me two, three, four times. I was like, I can't get the mechanic to work right, but past that, past that, it was okay
1: because I didn't struggle on that at all. I was like, okay, I got this. This isn't going to be that difficult. And the next area where there's like one in the foreground, one in the background, but you can kind of sprint through it and slide under the bed. I was like, oh, I got that. I didn't struggle on that at all. The section right after that with the one that there's three of them mm-hmm. when you have to do the turn, jump over the door. That one, that one. I did horrible for a long time because the game does do a decent enough job of near instant reloads, but it gets to a point where like on the second or fourth or fifth try, there's a tiny little animation of your character, Mono, of him because he's like hunched down hugging his knees and he, you know, unfolds himself and stands up. Takes two, three seconds, but on about the 15th or 16th try on something, I get so mad. I was yelling at him to not, I was like, just stand up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like a, a thing developers need to know. People always, well, I referenced it too. I didn't play the game that much, but uh, Little Meat Boy. Uh, Little Meat Boy? Super Meat Boy. Super, Super Meat Boy. People say like one of the hardest games ever made, but it's alleviated slightly by instant restart. Like, there's no load screen. There's no animations. When you die, Meat Boy, you just pop back to the beginning. You pop back to the beginning. Games like this, I don't remember how Limbo or... Inside. Inside were, but like, when you die, if a game where a, a lot of death is expected, you need to pop right back. It's just a small thing that developers don't always, like they little little meatball developer, oh my god, super Meat Boy developers thought about, to alleviate just that little bit of anger is instant restarts is very important in a game where you're going to die a lot. It drives you, like I said, two or three seconds, drives you batty.
1: On about the 15th or 16th so You're dying try. multiple
0: times in a room, and you're just like, Stand up. <laughs> Stand up. It's okay, like it's crazy. The gamer how, rage is much, real. It's crazy how much it bothers you yeah. after after a couple like I'm talking second or third time. I'm like, if you don't stand up.
1: I'm gonna come in that game and eat you myself. It's just uh, un- unnecessary
0: when, when you can just pop back in a room and be fine. Because he always just appears in the room before and has to stand, look around, and like shake it off and then stand up. I'm just like I'm just like mash it on the buttons. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, trying to hit aid faster
1: make him jump up.
0: It doesn't work. No buttons work. Nothing. Ye- surprisingly, yelling at a video game character doesn't make him get up faster. <laughs> I don't know what that's about.
1: The developers need to know and anticipate what I want. When I yell at him, he should move faster.
0: Anybody out there developing games where you die a lot, instant reload is the most important feature to your game. Oh, yes. Anyway, you got past that room eventually.
1: Eventually, but the I got so mad because the game did like a... I got like a 2... The 2.5D thing kind of caught me. I jumped up over and I was on like the the window seal, walk, trying to walk out and I got I got caught on the door and it the thing one of the things reached through and grabbed me. And I did so much worse on the next two or three tries than I finally got through it. But cheese and crackers... It was so annoying. But then there was a final thing where it is just like a lunchroom full. Mm-hmm. Uh, I died twice on that one. And it got to the point where on the third run, I was like, I give up. I'm not using the flashlight. And I just ran. Mm-hmm. It actually worked. The five Ds of dodgeball, man. It's dodge, weird. dip, dive, dodge, and dodge.
0: How does that work? I of how fast they are.
1: It worked. It's the very end. You had to do it. like I had to, like turn around, like hold them all at the door, and then like walk backwards. But I was like I got I was like because I was like doing it so stealthy and sneakily and doing it good, and it just fell. And I was like screw it, I'm gonna run on my second one. And I got really far. And I was like I think I could run, and I just ran. <laughs> Funny,
0: I got grabbed once in that room, I think.
1: And then like that's that's like one wing of the mannequins, and it's a really cool concept. And you're like cool, I'm done. And then you see. The doctor. And you're like, okay, mannequins. Cool. I get it. Makes sense. But then you have to go down to the... Mannequins m- and a doctor. Does not make sense? Oh, it's not mannequins. It's um, prosthetics. Yes. On mannequins. Yeah.
0: Well, it's weird that this place had... Once we set up too much stuff, like it's weird that this place had the mannequins and also had the doctor. Not at the same time, mind you. But like, you're thinking a section every other section of the game kind of tends to have one thing you deal with. Mm-hmm. In partic- I think so. It's
1: had yeah. this had two. And the doctor, I don't I know. I had Three. Because once you get down to the morgue, you have those living hands. The severed hands to go against. Severed hands, yeah. Which is where I almost quit the game on the second iteration when you had to fight two of them. Yeah. You
0: have to say, like, everything... You don't, you don't have a life bar in this game. If anything gets up to you, you die. Like the, it, man, one the, hit, Everything's one-hit yeah, everything, like, teacher eats you. The, everything eats you. The mannequin kids just, like, jump on you and you die.
1: Porcelain kids, yeah.
0: Porcelain kids. And then the, the mannequins grab you, you die. Every, everything, any, anything touches you, you die. You die in this game. You don't make a jump, you die. God. But uh, is the doctor before the mannequin hands? Well... Severed hands, I guess.
1: Yeah. And then his whole...
0: So we'll talk about the doctor for like a a minute minute here. The doctor is really just moving moving through a room, like checking on patients and like doing violently
1: checking on patients. Yeah, but he's doing it in a creepy fashion like he looks he appears to be because also the cool ambience and how he's moving. He appears to be like a slug or a snail moving along the roof or the ceiling. He's, he's not he's only on the ceiling. And you're like, oh, that's so cool. But this does one of the probably my favorite revelation of the game. But it also humanized the doctor to me and made him far less scary. Because at first you see him, he's like a slug or like this thing. And he's like knocking lights out of the way. And you get these really cool deep shadows. You have to use the shadows to like run around the room. It's really cool. And then at one point later, again, because you'd go through a lot of vents. You go into the vents and there's chunks missing out of the of the floor. So you have to like weave along. Well,
0: so you go through a vent and you come out on your, you're in, in the ceiling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my bad.
1: And then there's chunks of the floor missing. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I was like, ooh. And then like right as like I got the idea, I was like, oh, he's not sticking to the ceiling like some sort of spider slug. And he's putting his hands and feet in these holes, and he's like crawling across like a wannabe Spider-Man. And then as soon as I made that revelation, I was looking at one of the holes, and sure enough, one of his hands come in and just crushes me. Like, it, it wasn't like, he wasn't trying to. It just was accidental. And I was like, oh, he's not as scary anymore because he's just a weirdo. He was trying to Spider-Man crawl across the ceiling. Yeah,
0: that was like the ceiling thing was kind of his whole gimmick so once you kind of
1: When you saw behind the curtain yeah. he he wasn't near as creepy. He was just yeah. a weird fat loser <laughs> trying to be Spider-Man. He's just gross jovial slug yeah, thing. It's weird.
0: No reason. There's no, no real reason for him to be on the ceiling except the fact that it's supposed to make it weird I guess.
1: And then you see behind the curtain
0: which the game reveals to you anyway. I don't yeah. know if it's I don't know if it's the point of it is to make him less creepy. I don't know if that's the mm-hmm. point but you, it does reveal how he's moving along the ceiling.
1: And then you get the, it only happens twice, but you get these severed living hands and the combat was just, uh
0: Yeah, again, you got to swing a I, pipe or whatever you have, a hammer.
1: I think, I, I think my thing is I was thinking too much about it and I was trying too hard. Because I, I I literally ended up, I, I stopped playing. And I admittedly the game itself isn't very long. I got the 1K in like 8 eight hours, 8 hours, 20 minutes, something like that. Five and a half for me. Whatever. Um, But I did the majority of the game in one night. I went through everything all the way to this severed hand part, which is near the end of chapter three, before I was just so frustrated that I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. And then when I woke up, I tried it and did it in like two more times. But I just, wanted, I just needed a break from that. It was just too much in one day. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he, you, you go through his whole rigmarole, and he has a final chase scene. Which is a little annoying. Which I was terrible at. It took me like five or six tries. I got it uh, my second or third. But then it did a stupid thing where the, my guy was like, oh, you get to this staircase, jump to get down the staircase faster. And I was like just a second behind, I guess, because I went to jump and the doctor grabbed me and made air and killed me. And I was just really mad because I had to redo the whole thing over because I found out later, as soon as you make the jump and land, it checkpoints down at the bottom of the stairs. So I was real mad when I found out how close I was to a damn checkpoint. But uh, then his whole chase scene leads uh, to you end up basically because you're small, you lock him inside a the crematorium mm-hmm. and then you can choose to merc him. Or if you're achievement hunting, you just leave him in there, which is, I think, a fate far worse because, like, yeah, he's going to burn. It's going to suck. But now he's locked in this room. He's going to starve to death. Unless maybe he starts to eat himself. And he gets to live a little bit longer. I'm not sure which way I would rather... I think I'd rather just burn to get it over with. Than be yeah. locked inside there with just ashes and bone in yourself. But, anyway. So you're given the choice to not kill him. Which and, is an achievement. Which is weird, I guess, because he's a doctor. It's like a little play on words. It's like, I took an oath. Or something like that. I think it's what the achievement was. to mm-hmm. Do no harm. And then you're... We have two more. We're kind of spending a lot of time on this. The the pale city, which kind of gives you the hinkling for like the more overarching story, which is the this television signal that you've encountered a couple of times throughout the game, and you've yeah. had like these intense moments.
0: Yeah. So what's crazy about the uh, I didn't really mention it, but a lot of, uh, we, we're, kind of we're kind of saving it for the end, but like this game's really hard at times, like and really hard to control and it requires a fine-tuned precision to do a lot of things which leads to like the pale city section being really
1: easy yeah, it's one of the easiest things in it's the game like,
0: it's like a huge reprieve after doing like the even like the point where like the guy we were using for like all the because like, oh, we didn't really mention the collectibles they're not that well, the collectibles are how you like you get all the collectibles and that barely gives you that extended ending yeah but uh follow on the guide for all of that. The guy even mentions like when you leave the uh the school and go into the hospital, the the guy the even the guy writing the guide's like going into the hospital is like uh jumping out of the pan into the fire or whatever whatever he calls it. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what out of what?
1: the pan and into the fire. Yeah,
0: whatever that thing is called so the hospital he thinks the hospital's harder.
1: I think the hospital is a key point for everyone just because it's the longest thing yeah. and it had the most mechanics to try to huddle. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess we'll say I don't want to hit my last thing yet, but like what this game suffers from more than anything is control, mm-hmm. control and precision. The game, the game requires precision, but doesn't give you the control you need to do that precision, which makes the game really difficult at times. It it, it It's difficult throughout because of that. Not so much because nothing, uh, in the, I feel like the Pale City is so different. There's nothing really, there's a sequel. We'll talk about it here in a second. There's nothing really chasing you in the Pale City, mm-hmm. you know? so like there's so but all these other chase scenes all the other chase scenes were like there's like one with the with the the teacher heads chases you and when the doctor chases you all these different chase scenes and different things you have to run perfectly and jump at the perfect time and land in the perfect place a lot of times and it, it makes it really really annoying and not fun and then the grab mechanic is a nightmare Like it wants you to imagine holding an Xbox controller and you have to have your left stick. Okay. You have to sprint with X, which is already a weird choice. You have to sprint. You have to get sprinting flat out as fast as you can run. Holding X and then hit A to jump, and then try to remember that you have to hit R2 to like right grab, on, to grab on to grab onto something. And by then, your right hand's broken because you can't, like, trying to get... I mean, it sounds easy in the thing, but when you're running from something, holding a button, hit another button, hit another button, there's too many buttons. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why they can't have you grab on automatically. I thought maybe grab should have been... If they had to have a grab, grab should have been on X. So you can, like, hold sprint with the right... with R2, and then... Jump with A and hit X to grab. Maybe I just think the buttons really messed up there, and it makes so many parts of the game Blake's Blake had an especially hard time with grabbing. If you remember, yeah, could, I obviously yeah, remember. my
1: hand—I I don't know—I'm my hands just don't work the right way sometimes. And one of the other things, there's a crouching mechanic now i'm pretty much it's, it's the majority of the time as i'm for in fps and first person shooters but it's built into your brain most of the time because it's just a universal thing that when you crouch it's the b button or it's the circle button it's right there it's all you boom and you mm-hmm. you, you trigger this one has the crouch button on your le- on, as your left trigger as your l2 button and so you have to sometimes you're having to run hit the left trigger to slide the let remember to let go of it and then as you let go of it, you have to keep holding x the whole time a to jump and then you're having to do a run, slide, run, jump, grab the ledge, and that's just a lot of button presses. And I'm not a genius, but my hands just. But you have to do
0: it in a perfect sequence and yeah, a perfect time. Yeah, there is time. very and, and very. And sometimes we love the 2.5D environments, mm-hmm. but like when you're running towards something and you have to like slightly edge your way towards the screen to slide under like a bed or something like that when the doctor's chasing you. Mm-hmm. If you don't go down fast enough, and you barely tap. Above the bed and don't slide fast enough, that it, it, it animation stops and the doctor has you. Like you have, a, you have literally a split second. Same thing with the teacher, anything like that. You have a split second. Like the teacher follows you through the uh, vents. I think you have to like jump and grab something to club up to the vent. If you jump and don't grab right, then she's got you. Yeah, you have you don't you don't get to fail. There's no breathing room on any of these things, which I think is is a detriment. And then, and then guess what? You get to restart and watch the kid stand up again.
1: Yeah, but I, I just felt that the it was. Too much input was it was required on my behalf to the point. Um, I don't know when we'll talk about it, but right now because I'm having to hold, you had to hold right trigger anytime you were climbing. And if you your finger relaxed and you let go, he would just drop. Just let go. Just they would just drop. I'm playing a game right now. I'm playing the uh, the Star Wars Fallen Order, the first one. And there's it has the same thing. Is uh, there's a climbing mechanic that requires me to hit left trigger. But there's so much in, there's an option for accessibility. It's like, do you want him to automatically grab all grabbable surfaces? Yeah, toggle that on, and I don't have to hold left trigger. I just run at it, hit A, and when he jumps into it, he automatically grabs everything. And I turn that on specifically, because normally I'm like, meh, it couldn't be that difficult. Cause in like Assassin's Creed and stuff like that, if you hold the right bumper and do that, they'll do all the parkouring and grabbing. So it's, it's a common mechanic-ish in like a bigger a bigger thing that requires a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. And I was just, because of the annoyance that I had with little nightmares, I was, I saw that and I was like, turned on, I'm not holding left trigger to hold anything. <laughs> I'm letting him automatically grab the stuff that he can grab onto. And mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it. Cause I, I tried it once. And I was like, it can't be that bad. And as soon as I like forgot to pull the left trigger to grab something when I did a jump, I was like, nope, turn that on. I'm never having to do that if I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, Pell City.
0: So Pell City.
1: All <laughs> this to say
0: the Pell City is vastly easier.
1: Vastly easier. I yeah. think
0: like even to a point where there's like not even you're doing this weird this weird stuff like the, So the whole city is a bunch of people just like staring at TVs. It's like I don't I don't know if it's like Trying to be
1: some some sort like, of meta.
0: I don't like stuff that does stuff like this. If it's even the point, like you can't be. It was like what was that? Uh, the video game we played where like the main character like made fun of people for playing video games. I don't remember. It was. A video, and I was like, come on, like that's just dumb. And this is like that thing. I don't know if it's what what's going for in this. It's just like the message is like, oh, it's bad to stare at TV. And I'm like, well, you can't put that in a video game. Like it, you're
1: you're. It's your bread and butter. did
0: not. Play your game because it's bad for me to Look at the TV. Like I don't, I don't know what if that's like the message and the creepy factor. Like because like, was just everybody's just zombies, and when you turn off a the TV, they freak out and they're gonna run. So there's lots of interesting, weird puzzles you get, you get to murder a lot of people in, the, in this section.
1: Or they they murder themselves because you like turn off a TV and turn on a TV and they want to be as close as possible so they run to it and they just run right off a roof or they run to it and flip over a balcony or something or a, yeah. what do you call that a fire escape?
0: Yes, yeah, so you find a you find a remote and the remote lets you turn turn TVs on and off. It's kind of interesting. What's cool about this, what's cool about this level is like of all the games of jumping and falling and grabbing and blah blah blah. So many parts of this is like you have this weird thing where you walk up to a two, two tvs are on on either side of a gap and instead of jumping across the gap or some other nonsense you walk into the tv and then you kind to go Foop, you kind of fly into it and pop out the other tv so a lot of what you're doing is maneuvering puzzles that are maneuvering tvs to be in the right it's place like
1: pushing the tv off a ledge or dropping it down or literally tying a rope around it can get out a window that one, not think is just hanging off its own yeah, freaking it power cord. and then like getting people
0: to like using tvs to move people yeah like it's like how like there's this you this is a weird one where you like you just end up murdering a lot of you murder a lot, a lot of and people. they're
1: basically dead anyway
0: yeah they're like they're, and they're like they're like uh they're creepy as well because they're like they're, they're they're human beings but they're like they have no face their faces, their faces have been like, faces like warped smooth. and distorted yeah it's like smoothed out uh there was one where you come out of a, a vent into a bathroom you land on a toilet and the wa- water's electrified and you have to like Go out there. uh You need. um You want to go out to the room, the bedroom, the living room where the lady's at. She's watching TV. But to get out the other side of the room, you, you can't reach. You know, she's she's standing next to a stool. If you go up to the stool, she just
1: murders you, murders you
0: grabs you. Whatever she does, so you have to like turn the TV off, and she freaks out and runs at you, and you got to run back into the bathroom and jump up on the toilet, and she runs into the water and electrifies and gills herself. Yeah, and, and then you use jump her. On her you, you, yeah, you jump on her body to like walk <laughs> yeah. back out of the Get your stool to move on. Yeah. There's the ones, of course, like you said, where there's like like a TV on one side of a ledge, and you uh and you turn on like you turn so you you, you need to warp at the TVs, so you turn the one you need to warp to on, but the other guys are standing in front of the TV you need, mm-hmm. so you turn that one off, and they go raw, raw, and they look and they see the TV across the ledge, and they just run at it and just run off the ledge and fall to their, fall to their death and then yeah. you just walk to the TV and you go and you just pop out the other side. It's
1: really, it, it was probably one of my favorite areas. I think it was good because it wasn't hard. Because it, it was simple and it was using a, a different mechanic and it was cool. Yeah. There and is. then the, the boss the thin man slash tall man yeah he whatever. has like
0: a chase sequence but he like moves in slow motion I guess his creep factory is he's like he's the, he's the tall creepy guy that walks slow he comes out of the TVs it has some weird thing where he pulls six into the TV thing which is part of a cutscene I guess kind of through pulls the, her into the it the signal which kind of as part of the collectibles, I guess, is like all these things you've been collecting are like these weird little staticky shadows, They're, which is kind they of call them
1: glitched remains.
0: Yeah, which is kind of what Six becomes when he grabs her and pulls her back in. But 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 when he comes out of the TV, we forgot to mention you've seen a couple of these little TV sequences too. I mentioned yeah, earlier you have these little you kind of fly into him and you you run it towards this door. But finally, he the door opens and he's there. and He follows. I wish it was thought it was going to be. Creepier him. Come, I wish the animation with him coming coming out of the TV was better. Yeah, I was expecting like a. I wanted it to be like a ring like thing ring. where he like reaches out and like pulls himself, but it didn't really do that. because I think his hands kind of come out and he kind, does he just appear outside the TV. Does he pull himself?
1: Well, he pull he does that, and then you have to run. And the next thing you have is him walking down a hallway at you. Yeah, if you just run down, down the him.
0: hallway to a bedroom and you hide under the bed and Six hides under a table, and he hears her. She, like, bumps her head, and it, like, makes a noise. It's all, it's like, it's kind of like a a cutscene. He grabs her, and she's gone. And then you kind of just do more, you just do more TV stuff, more little TV puzzles and other very, I don't remember all the TV puzzles. Like, you say, you knock the one out the window, and it's hanging down below, so you can get, so you can get below you. A lot of of things, just turning TVs on and off with a little remote and teleporting to different places. Lots of, lots of the teleporting puzzles, which are.
1: There's only one really crappy one in the flooded, electronics store. I didn't get caught there though. I think you got, you, you got caught. Not No, that's the chase scene. There's like the flooded convenience store where you have to put the TV onto, you no, know, you, you get the shopping cart and push it down. Oh yeah. That, that, that area. Cause that, that required like some platforming. And if you didn't have your, the shopping cart placed right, it automatically does on the first one, but on the second part, if you don't do it, place it just right. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can't make the jump. And I ended up missing it once or twice. Like, I didn't get like frustrated, like annoyed, yeah. but I was just like, Oh, you know, yeah, but I was like, oh, this compared, to, but, but compared to what I'd already done.
0: Yeah. But there ain't no, yeah. And there's the electronic store sequence where there's
1: like the, 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 the chase scene with them running out yeah, of you.
0: That's a, uh, cause you teleport into
1: the convenience store. And sometimes when you teleport into a TV, the TV blows up.
0: Yeah. I think that's just a weird, like can't go back that way. Kind of video game thing. Yeah. We blow the TVs and that all the people out there are freaking they come busting down a fence and they chase you through I think I got caught in there once because that that is a chase sequence that can be obviously that can't be failed but like running through the convenience store is a convenience store the electronic store is a matter of like making the turns it does do that thing where you run like I did like I did earlier with uh when
1: you start at the top of the screen you run forward and then run yeah along and they come the bottom. busting
0: through and they run they're running towards you Run, a run down and like make a turn and almost like,
1: like a like a snake I guess because it's a serpent
0: okay, yeah so you can do all that I forget how that how that sequence ends when the whole electronic store, how's that sequence end?
1: Uh, you end up, uh, you teleport again. Well, you, you kill a bunch of them, they all a bunch of them end up getting hurt because they like crash through like a, a glass thing.
0: Yeah, maybe I don't remember how that sequence. I mean, I'm sure you end up just teleporting away, but that ends with
1: a uh, and that end with that ends with the, the actual fight with the uh, the tall man, yeah, which is eh. yeah, apparently
0: Mono has powers or something. I don't know that the man. What the guide tells you is like when the man the man appears and he reaches out towards you, you have to put your analog stick towards his hand, and Mono just kind of like psychically pushes him away a couple of times until he just disintegrates the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. Anticlimactic. I mean, it's, it kind of sounds and looks cool, I guess, but anticlimactic. Did you end up
1: in the, uh... the? You finally end up in the signal tower. Which is literally—it's—you—is—is it's the mechanic you've heard before, you've had before, where you're going through a dark and creepy area, and there's these—you uh, have like four directions to go, and one of the, all the directions are quiet, and then one of the directions has a music music playing, and you just follow the music.
0: Yeah, eventually you stumble into uh, a room with a giant monster, like six, I guess, has been sucked into the little signal world, whatever it is, for so for who knows how long she's been there, I guess. 20 minutes. So she's turned into a big, gross monster with a music box. I don't know the music box's relevance, unless that's from the first game. I think
1: it might be from the, f- uh, actually, no, because, uh, maybe. I don't really remember. I don't know the significance of the music box, really, other than it's what she's playing with when you rescue her. Her playing the music box is how you find her in the attic. Yeah, to something
0: else. I don't remember being a music box. In the in the, in the first, first game, one, too in the much. first game. Obviously you smash it in this one. But uh there's a, a sequences here of like um it's a lot of lot of sequences of you trying to smash different puzzle ways of like you got to take a hammer and smash this music box, I guess, to get her attention away from it so she can escape with you, I guess. But mm-hmm. there's but these are these is a, la- a number of layer after after you do the music chasing the music puzzles, it's a bunch of back to back dealing with six in different ways. She's a monster now. Well, first, it's just a, you just kind of kind of scare her away from it by doing your little call how you can that like, call
1: yeah you the call, call for button
0: her. or hold hold hand button. We we didn't mention those earlier. The call kind of makes her back up. Or scares her for some reason, and you use it to smash the hammer or smash the music box, which makes her mad. And then she has um, these—I forget at what point happens—but she has these chase sequences as well. Mm -hmm. Because you're like in this weird limbo world where, like, parts of it are like are part of the tower, and then parts of it are like maybe parts from her past, or like these rooms you end up in. Mm -hmm. It has that one when I really like the animation again of like you run through a door and she chases you, and as you run down the hallway, she kind of like comes through the door. She she like all busts the, through the door, kind of comes yeah. through it, kind of the way she kind of busts through. It. And the, the anime, i do not, know I was like, God, that looks really cool. She looked like, heavy. Yeah, she looked heavy and big, and kind of she kind of smashed through. It. She hits the wall and has to like, renew, like the, the, the
1: orientate herself.
0: Yeah, orientate herself, and then come, come, come crawling at you again. It just looks really cool. She's a big, she's just a giant version of herself, but she has like weird, gross hands and stuff like that. So there's a cool little chase sequence there. And then there's like this annoying part where you have to like, the part that I didn't like where like you end up in a room with her with all these teleporting doors. You have to go in one door and it pops you out the other door, and you have to like like, holler at her and trick her to come to a door and you run through and teleport around to the other side and smash her music box a bunch of times. This is
1: over. I think they've dragging out the end of this is what it kind of seems like. Because even with it being dragged out, the entire signal tower took me, like, 30 minutes or less. And that was, you know, because as I've gotten older, I realize that I don't always comprehend what I read, so I'll I'll read a thing, like, multiple times. Especially in a situation like this where there's, like, teleporting involved and just, like, oh, walk through the, you know, the left teleport on the bottom to pop out on the right collar then and go up here, go up. it doesn't help that the dude didn't know his left from his right. Which, as a, a grown adult man, I also struggle sometimes to know my left from my light, mm-hmm. left from my right. <laughs> Uh, and so that was in the guide like he had it messed up he's like yeah go into the right side and there's a ramp I was like, there's no ramp on the right side and I would die Yeah, but like, the she, whole she, thing she, took me 30 minutes she get you a couple
0: minutes. of times too is that she would uh, you'd run through it and you'd think you're safe but she would reach through the thing and yeah. like smash you on the other side cool but annoying at the same time um, and again we, we said a bunch of spoiler stuff already we've spoiled the whole game so hopefully you've
1: I really hope played, you played, played Little the game. Nightmares at yeah. Because
0: I was kind of surprised at the little uh, end sequence here. Mm-hmm. Well, not like the reveal of who the kid was. That was kind of dumb. But like the part where you're, it ends in a final, like there's this like weird, the tower has like this weird fleshy growth. And that's like chasing you as you do a final chase sequence across a thing. You're running and jumping, which was really annoying because of course, Six is programmed to like run it perfectly. and You're trying to follow her and I couldn't get the jumps right. But then you run and blah, blah, blah. She's ahead of you and she jumps across this thing and makes it. And a few times through the game, you've ran and jumped and grabbed her hand. It's all great. You run and jump and grab your hand. And it kind of hangs there for a minute. And she just lets you go. Yeah, that, I thought that, like,
1: yeah, even, even like when you're reading the plot synopsis, it, it says, you know, you outrun. It's called the mass is what they what the, what the term for it is. And it says, uh, it literally just says, but Six betrays you and lets you fall. Like she literally lets go of you and like pulls her hand away. Mm-hmm which is so strange cuz like the more you like you find out that like i guess you kind of find out in, even in the first one spoiler if you haven't played the first one that she's not really a nice person yeah, she's, not, she's not she's not a hero not by any means even like those little notes. she's like oh. you know she's she's driven by a particular uh, a thing yeah, but yeah, and then it, she betray, yeah,
0: she betrays you, and you get, and he doesn't die. He just lands in this place, this weird void place. I'm, maybe this is the extended ending.
1: No, the extended ending is what comes after if you've collected all the. It's the it's, it's the the Easter egg with six popping out the TV. That's the extended ending. You don't get that. You get what? yeah, that. And that's just an Easter egg toward to the first game, which I thought was incredibly pointless. Like the him again. We said spoiler. Him sitting down there and growing up to be the thin man. Yeah. Should have been the thing. It, mm-hmm. it, it should have been reversed, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it should It should have had her drop you, and then her coming out the thing, and all you know, that. And then the extended ending should have been you walking, and you were like, oh, that's... You know, that was, I think the reverse would have been much cooler. Because
0: we know... I mean, by then, you know it's a prequel.
1: Yeah. It's, it's silly. It's her
0: coming out of the TV, and I don't, I don't know. It was very weird. Yeah, we'll the 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 though, we, we kind of hinted at, hinted at it earlier. Uh...
1: Everything's a. Everything about the game is great. Sound, uh, ambiance, uh, music cues, sound cues, Graphics. everything. But the control, the, the, I can't just think of. a Playing?
0: I, I said, Blake. I didn't like playing this game at all. Yeah. Something like it's just if it's controls or the way you have to get about the world and everything like that. I loved looking at the game. I loved hearing. Like, hearing that. I hearing it. I loved everything about it. It was really cool stuff. It's probably worth people playing. But at the end of this, I was like, I, I did not like, I did not enjoy or have fun at any point playing this game.
1: It was a little
0: annoying, yeah. So I like, it's a weird feeling to have it. Like, not, not, Of course, I've hated playing a lot of games, let's be honest. But like, but getting, getting all the way through it, and, but and liking so much else about it and
1: getting to the end, and just like, man, this, it's, it sucks to play this. Which makes me all the more excited if they do move forward with the movie or television or limited series. Yeah, like imagine like a limited series where it's like two or three episodes, and each episode covers a being, yeah. and they could be, or just give me one hour long episode of of each creature. You know, five episodes a season or something like that it would be really interesting. I'd, I'd yeah. sit back and watch, not be so. St- and you could still be stressed. You know, just, oh my god. You know, you could still be stressed with like you know mm-hmm. different form of stress from playing a video game versus watching a thing, but still. Yeah.
0: So, I don't know, maybe, maybe I mean, granted, I guess the creepy parts are less creepy if you're not in control of your characters. I would say maybe watch a playthrough of this if you don't want to deal with it, because it is difficult and annoying, but I also don't think the parts that are good are maybe as good if you're not in control, so it's, it's a real conundrum, this yeah. game is. I will say here, because of the time, I think for the first time in our podcast, I think we want to... Drop the second game and just go straight to your movie. We could save that game for another episode because we we talked about little nightmares a lot more than I thought we would, and we we talked about the company and all the other stuff. We so it's kind of become a little nightmares episode, which is which is fine. It's a it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty cool little game. I I guess I could save you. I didn't. Enjoyed playing it. I enjoyed experiencing it. Um, but right before that, I would say uh, it is normally $30. Which honestly... I play five hours. For $30, I mean... Now, this is a game. We game flied this. We yeah. mentioned it on the front end. This was a game-fly. I know we have game-fly episode. Game-fly episodes are for when we don't complete games. This is the thing we game fly, We both got the 1K in. So this is a GameFly success. I guess even GameFly saving us from bad games is also a success. GameFly never really loses, uh, but we paid nothing. when we paid whatever our subscription, whatever GameFly is. I would have been. I, we don't. We don't. Pay, we don't pay full price. for it. We're, we're too cheap, so I would have never paid thirty dollars for this. Anybody paid thirty dollars for five hours? And that might be longer for somebody who's not following a guide. As I was
1: gonna say, if you're not following a guide, you're going slower. You're, in, you're I still in,
0: think 30 is too high. I hate to take money away from a developer, but like 15 bucks, come on now for a small game like this, 15 bucks.
1: It also might have like. Well, there's chapter select where you can go back and when you hit chapter select, it tells you if you're missing any collectibles and stuff like that. So, 20. I would. I, I could never do 20 dollars
0: for this. I think we game fly both of these games. Yeah. The first one and the second one. So we're gonna yeah. So it's like it's, it's I know it sounds crazy, but we but I kind of the cool thing about this game is talking about each section. I feel like and talking about the thing kind of mm-hmm. we kind of spoiled the whole game. Hope so. Hopefully you played it beforehand. Even like, I mean, even if you, you listen to it, I maybe mean, I would still experience it. it's different. Like seeing like this is a very visual game, mm-hmm. like more than any pixel crap game. Little we talk about when a game like graphics. I mean people don't say graphics don't matter. Like this exact same game done in pixel graphics would be garbage. It'd be hot garbage. Yeah, this game has a distinct look and feel to it that you only get based off this style. So I go try to experience it. So again, we're going to post, we, we didn't say the other games. So we can kind of leave, leave it. Don't, don't mm-hmm. say the other game. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just push it to another episode uh, in, in the future. Because uh, if we get into it now, this episode will be forever long. We don't want to do that to people who are already sick of hearing us talk. So with that said, we'll just transition over into the uh, movie that you picked. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be the end of the
1: episode. Which that makes, I guess that makes this a little more themed then, because we went... A slight horror theme? Oh, no, for the sheer fact that, um... Because the movie that I'm going to pick is called uh, Trick Trick or Treat. And it is a horror anthology that came out in 2009. And the anthology is where I get it. It's all held together with key, you know, key points. Now, this is written and directed by the gentleman uh, Michael Doherty. Michael Doherty, uh... He's gotten real big lately. Like Some of his earlier stuff, which was still kind of big, his two earliest things he, he which he, of which he co-wrote, which he did X2, X-Men United, and Superman Returns, the Brendan Routh one. He co-wrote those. Co-wrote. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he went on to do this, Trick or Treat, which he wrote and direct. And then he did a Krampus, which is a Christmas horror movie, where he wrote, directed, and produced.
0: I remember it being good. Mm-hmm. I've seen Trick or Treat three or four times because it's because it's actually a really good movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I've I, seen Crumpus Krump-
1: one time. Yeah. And now his big thing, the thing that's kind of bolstered him into like stardom almost, was he is uh, he directed and wrote uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and then he would go on to again he only wrote the story to it, but he wrote the story to Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. As well as only the story for X Men Apocalypse. I mean, you, you, it, say what you will about the you know I actually really enjoyed uh, Godzilla. I didn't much care for King of Monsters, mm-hmm. it, but by the end of it, I, Godzilla versus King Kong threw me for a little bit. I definitely enjoyed that a lot more. But still, um, his combined movies like which makes him gives him a claim. He his the, all everything he's in his collective is he's grossed over two billion dollars as a director, which yeah. is pretty good.
0: So did you, did you read? I'm gonna say something. You might have it in your notes already. Wasn't he originally attached for a like a Gremlins remake? I didn't see that. I thought it was him for a Gremlins three or something like that. I thought he was attached to like bring Gremlins back because they liked his the creepy way he handled the other two other two his little creepy little horror movies. Yeah,
1: but I think that that may have been that Yao Guai. A TV show, and I must have went to somebody else because I didn't see it mentioned. In okay. I didn't go into his history. I just kind of looked at his IMDb and
0: Like it was like, oh the director of Trick or Treat is in, in talks to blah blah blah, bring Gremlins back or do another Gremlins movie or something cool like that. And I was like, oh, that'd be interesting because he was he's a cool director. I didn't know that was the same director or is writer for Godzilla and stuff
1: like that. Yeah. Um, as well as both of these things, he. uh has made comic books. Both are like tie-ins and sequels to uh, Trigger Treat, and it's called Trigger Treat Days of the Dead. And then there is uh, Krampus, Shadow of St. Nicholas, both based on I think those are the ones, though the Godzillas made him money, I think he has more closer to his heart are Trigger Treat and Krampus because there was something he created. Mm-hmm. While Godzilla is something someone else created, he just tacked on to it. So those might just be closer to his heart, I guess. I'm not entirely sure. But um, two things uh, that he's currently working on. It says in development for both of these, so they could be in development hell for God knows how long. But he is working on a a Trick or Treat 2 that's still in development, which has been in development for a while, but he's still writing and directing it. And when I clicked on it, there's no one cast and there's no plot summary. So it's nice. But the other thing it says it's currently in development as well uh, is he's doing a Hellraiser TV show. Not that movie that came out on Hulu, which wasn't half bad, but he's actually doing a TV show based on Clive Barker's Hellraiser, the first one that came back in 87. He's doing a TV show Still based confusing. around that. Yeah. So but it just says in development. So it's hard to tell when those things are, but I love me some Hellraiser. Yeah. Now, there's, like I said, it's an anthology story.
0: Yeah, we can't go into the whole cast. I'm, I'm not going
1: this. to go into the whole cast. I'm going, I have four people that I can plow through really quickly. of of people who are of note in the movie, who may not have been as huge then, but have gained notoriety nowadays. Uh, we'll go first, start off with uh, Leslie Bibb. She plays a, a, a wife, uh, I think her, I don't think she even has, I think it's husband and wife in the movie. But Leslie Bibb has been in a bunch of things that we uh, enjoy. She is, oddly enough, uh, she's she's a, she's a serious actress. I've seen her be serious in a bunch of things, but most of the stuff I've seen her in uh, has all been, like, comedies. So she's really funny. She was in uh, The League uh, for his reoccurring character as Megan, as one of the characters, like, ex-girlfriend. She comes and goes throughout the series. Uh, she was in the Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, as Ricky Bobby's wife. I can't pull her face up Carly in brain, Bobby. But- uh, she's also in Iron Man 1 and 2. Uh, she plays like the reporter that he sleeps with at the very beginning of the first one and reprises her role in the second one. She's also in, she's the the kid's mom in The Babysitter and The Babysitter killer Queen. As well as, and uh, she is again another mom in Hell Baby. That one. There's a lot of moms. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <she>, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I really like her. She's fun. And now her husband in uh, in this is played by uh, Tomo Pinnacat. Mm-hmm. And we love Tomo. Uh He primary thing of the first thing. Well, the first thing we ever saw him in, we see it was in Dollhouse, Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. And then we found out after the fact or while we were watching that, like, oh, if you like him in that, you'll love him in this show. And he's in like 80 something episodes of Battlestar Galactica as a major or lieutenant Carl Hilo Agathon. And he was, like, I was from the beginning. He was in the miniseries, mm-hmm. and then in the show, and then, like, the subsequent, like, anything. he was all over that. And in the video games, he reprises his character. As well as... One kind of cool thing is he's in Smallville and Man of Steel. <laughs> as well as in Superman Returns. He plays, like, a little... He doesn't play the same character, of course. But he appears in all those. So he either loves Superman or something. Or they love him. And one cool thing for video game purposes... Is for a little while there before that new Mortal Kombat movie came out. There's a thing called Mortal Kombat Legacy, and it was like on YouTube and stuff like that. Where it's like these like incredibly serious like versions of Mortal the Mortal Kombat stories. And in the Sonya Blade story, he was uh, William Stryker, and he 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 appeared in two episodes of the Legacy, and he did really you know yeah. really well.
0: And legacy stuff was uh, better than the movie we got.
1: A little bit. It was much more. I don't know. It took itself more serious. That other one was good, but yeah, eh. but we like, I said we like, we, we love Tomo. I love seeing him in things. And then with well, the next one, there are the, the uh, no real quick, Leslie Bibb and Tomo are just a husband and wife that happened to be celebrating Halloween on this, you know, in this city. Now, Anna Paquin, who is, we, we all love. She is rogue in the X-Men series. She was also, Sookie Stackhouse in the True Blood. And she's been in all sorts of stuff. Sookie. Sookie. <laughs> and so I, I like, I enjoy Anna Paquin a bit, a good bit. She's okay. Uh Sookie Stackhouse, like that
0: True Blood suffers from what we, we call Buffy syndrome. Mm-hmm. Where like, when you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy is the least interesting character. Same thing with True Blood. They're based yep. off the Sookie Stackhouse novels and Sookie is by a large margin the most uninteresting character in the whole
1: TV show. Yeah not Anne Paquin's fault, it's just... It's just how certain writing things go. She's just a, a gal pal uh, with with her gals going out, and they're having a party. And they're like, come on, girl, you gotta get your first time in. And, then, you know, they're, you know she's just the innocent virgin girl. It's before True Blood ate it. Mm-hmm. And so she's out, you know, she's the virgin on Halloween night. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. how's that gonna go down? And then one of the final ones, uh, who you love, I love, and... Everyone loves Uh, Brian Cox. He was in red, red two. He's in super troopers one and two. He's in, um, he's in so many things. He's been acting longer than our mom's been alive. All right. By, by one year, he's been acting since 65. And he has, like, over 240 things on his IMDb. Brian, he's a fantastic actor. Does comedy, does serious. He's really good. You don't really recognize him. How do you not recognize him? He, more than oh, his wait, voice. Is, his voice is pretty dis- distinguishable, too, because... Um, this is
0: Brian Cox, the physicist. Oops.
1: You want Brian Cox, the actor. actor. You, you'll recognize him. He's an older, <laughs> Brian uh, Cox. An older gentleman character. There we kinda, go. Kind of rotund. Oh, uh, yeah, I recognize him. Yeah. But in, in the Killzone series, the video game franchise, he does voiceover, uh, someone named Scholar Vizari in all three of them. It's like he's doing Succession right now. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's also uh, responsible for Rob Roy and Braveheart. He was in those. You mm-hmm. uh, know, he's just. I love Brian Cox. Everything I see him in, I love him. Anyway. So, and there's other, there's a bunch of other people and faces that you'll recognize in there and the stories, like, brief synapses, you know, just to kind of like, there's, it's an anthology. So it's a Halloween night, of course, since the name Trick or Treat. Anna Paquin and her gal pals, they're trying to take her to a party and, you know, so she'll, have her first time and then there is a principal who is possibly a serial killer you're not entirely sure and he happens to be the neighbor uh, of uh, all these kind of like tropey things where it's the you know angry old man who lives in the dilapidated old house and that happens to be brian cox and then uh, there's a, another serial killer going around a mystical serial killer which is a, a young boy like eight younger, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, wearing a
0: that's the mask you see on all the all the all, art, it, all the yeah. art and stuff. For it's a uh,
1: like a it's a jack o' lantern head attached to a human body, and he's just wearing a, a onesie, an orange onesie, footy pajamas, and he's going. Or his name is Sam. is the is the is, the, is the, the the creature's name, and he's going around getting vengeance. But all these stories end up tying together because it's really it's really well written, and everything kind of bleeds together through the stories. I've seen it a lot and I enjoy it every time I watch it. I really like showing it to new people. Mm -hmm. I don't, like I said, I I don't want to spoil any of the twists or how they're connected or anything like that. But just know that Trick or Treat is a very good movie. That's how you sell it. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. It's a very good movie. Real quick. Anything else you want to say about it? Not right. Because if I start talking about it, I'm going to spoil some stuff and I'm afraid of doing that. So before I do that, because I, th- I think it's a total of just five stories interwoven throughout the entire four. thing. It's five. It says four. It's five stories. Freaking
0: movies, the description is four.
1: Five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween night. You have a principal that yeah. might be a serial killer, the college virgin, uh, a group of teenagers, and then the holiday-obsessed husbands and the old crotchety man.
0: Yeah, it's not, unfortunately, as the recording of this podcast, it's not streaming anywhere. That sucks
1: oh it's not oh that sucks balls what you got uh yes I'm gonna grab i am um, I'm gonna grab a the tagline and then I'll I'll dip out do you want to do any closing things real quick before I yeah
0: so of, of course at the end of the podcast we want to thank Jared Jones and the guys of Emerge for letting us have the song Letting Go to play at the beginning of our podcast to be our intro uh we always think that's probably the highlight of the podcast which is perfectly fine it's an awesome song awesome band with some awesome dudes in it mm-hmm. thank Mladen Markovic aka devious pixel for the art for our podcast and he did art for our other podcasts as well and he's got we'll have some new art coming up with our uh guests so look forward to that and uh thank brian of course for continuing to edit the podcast does it sound good i don't know i don't listen to the podcast after i record it anymore because i got i used to listen to it when i edited it and i made it sound however it sounded um so hopefully it sounds good. If it doesn't sound good, tell His me. His email addresses. <laughs> tell, tell me and I'll give you Brian's email and home address. I'm just kidding. I'll just give you uh, a cell phone number. <laughs> Dox him like crazy. Nah, we wouldn't do that to him. We on the, uh, our streams, of course, like that. We are, I would say, taking a break, but we're probably quitting forever the Monster Hunter Rise. That game has, we've put a quite, we've put a, Compared to other people, a minor amount of hours into it, and we kind of agreed for all three of us that we are kind of sick of playing that game. Kind of, yeah. It's, we, we've hit
1: the end of the the loot cycle on it. Well, for us, uh, I mean, for no, us, no, be we happy. haven't. Be, for us, we've we kind of like, oh, we're we're kind of done.
0: So we're going to be moving on to um, our next stream. will be coming up next week. I mean, well, no, this episode comes out. We probably might've already done it, but we'll be starting uh, the division two, which is a, I was called a looter shooter, maybe is what it is, but like we, we like the first one. So hopefully we'll like the second one as well. So uh, follow us on the social medias and follow us on Twitch, you know, twitch.tv forward slash two smoking controllers to see when we go live and then come catch us on there as we stream a couple more times with our upcoming guests, which I don't want to spoil the guest right now. It's not you know it, it's cool for us like it's a it's another person who plays video games a, a, a bunch like we do so we're excited to have somebody fun like that and uh, if you come to the streams it helps when we talk about when we have the episode it's better if you have uh, been on some of the strength with us to kind of you know, kind of take part in all of it with us so anyway that's all i have uh thanks for listening uh there's always more coming and uh that's all i got so after this blake will wrap it up with a probably a really awful tagline and that'll be the end of the podcast
1: there's Unfortunately, four of them, but only one of them really sounds good, so I'm just going to do that one, of course. If you don't follow the rules tonight, you won't live to see tomorrow. And I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.